Hey, this is Donald Miller. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Before we get started, I want to tell you something that happened to me, and, it, and I think you're going to learn from it, about growing my business. When I first put up a website for StoryBrand, it was pretty elusive, pretty vague. People would go to the website, couldn't quite figure out how we could help them. And over the course of two years, we changed like the header on our website from saying, the StoryBrand Workshop to the StoryBrand Marketing Workshop. And then we changed the header to say, clarify your message so customers engage. And we put StoryBrand Marketing Workshop kind of up at the top left. Those sound like minor changes, but they're actually huge. We have doubled revenue every year, and including, we just got a report this year, simply by clarifying our message. It takes a while to sort of sharpen all those hooks, but we've learned how to do it. I'm turning around and teaching you all of those changes, how to make those changes, how to think about your website, how to clarify your message so that you can see results like that with a free video course called 5-Minute Marketing Makeover. If you think you should be converting more of your browsers into buyers, simply go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com and I'll give you these three videos. You can either spell it out or use the number 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose, noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. My guest today is Nigel Green. He's a guest, but he's also the CEO of StoryBrand, so he didn't have to travel far. Walk down the stairs. <laughs> Walk down the stairs. And you and I today are going to talk about uh, something interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about how to close the year. Uh, my favorite time of the year, you and I were talking about this this morning, my favorite time of the year is January 1. I love starting over. My favorite day of the week is Monday. My favorite time of the year. It's yeah, companies like that too. <laughs> the reason is it feels like the beginning of personal football season. It's we're starting a new season. We're kicking it off, and StoryBrand has had a really great year. I mean, bottom line, and you're a big part of that, Nigel. And the mantra around the office has been, this is the year that we went pro. We were not amateurs. We were doing a great job, but now we're dealing with people in the White House and people in the, all these crazy places and these huge companies, and we went pro this year. So to start out January 1 going, well, not only are we pro, this year we could win the Super Bowl. We could, And we've got some financial goals tied to that metaphor that if we win the Super Bowl, we've done this. I get a ahead of the end of the year. That's what I'm confessing to, right? Yep. We get into December and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like January 1, January 1. <laughs> you have pumped the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a ritual that you've learned that I thought was valuable that our listeners can learn from. How to close a year and what's important to close a year. And it's really a weird thing to do, but I thought it was interesting. Tell me what, how you, yeah, a, you close a year. A lot of people do what you do and they, they see the beginning of the year and they hit the gas. Yeah, move on. <laughs> I caution people and say, let's go into the new year with a little bit of perspective. So let's just take just a moment of a pause and say, okay, new year means new season, new goals, all the things that you right, talked get about. get excited about. Do we have the right person to do this? Do we have the right team to do this? Is everyone equipped to do this? In the same way that at the end of football seasons or any sports seasons, they kind of review the staff. Right, right, so right. I'll set this up with a story. A number of years back, I was serving as a regional sales manager for a healthcare company. Yeah, I get an email from one of my peers, a guy that I had admired for a long time, who'd been a previous top performer, and the subject line read, new opening, regional sales manager, Dallas, Texas. That's where he lived. Right. Don, I didn't even read the email. I just called him, and I said, Jared, what is going on? He said, well, 
I'm fired. And I said, what? My heart skipped a beat, as you can imagine. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking I'm next, right? Yeah. And he's so here we are, middle of December. Jarrett's gone. I don't know about what's going to happen for me. I hit my number. I looked and saw where his numbers were, and he blew it out of the water. And if he's fired, I'm in trouble. I said, what happened? He said, well, it's become clear that my region is going to demand better sales performance, improve processes, and get this done, a better attitude. Hmm. So he diagnosed himself saying, what were my liabilities this year and fired himself for those liabilities? Fired himself. Now, that's a big thing. So like, that's the, the thing. The company didn't let him go. Jarrett goes on to explain to me that he has fired himself, not the company. In fact, the company is pleased with his performance, but he's not. Right. That moment opened up a leadership gap for me and created a new ritual, a new habit that I now practice every year going into the beginning of a new season, January, by firing myself. I, I hear you. Isn't it like focusing on the negative, though? I mean, isn't it like uh, let's think about the things you did wrong this year and fire yourself? Or Tell me emotionally, psychologically what you get from that. It seems counterintuitive. So there really are, are three things that come from that. Uh, the first is nothing fails like success. Successful people— In other words, don't dance and celebrate too long in the end zone. What got you to where you are now— may not be what you need to get you where you want to go. Yeah. And I think good leaders understand that. Yeah. That, yep, that was good enough last year, but the reality is the goal's bigger this year. There are going to be challenges you can't control. Like, what if you lose your top customer? Or what if a vendor that you rely on goes out of business? So if stay you, a little bit hungry. Stay a little bit hungry. Yeah. And Keep we've seen going. that over and over. You know, I'm a Seahawks fan and after they won the Super Bowl, just the hardest beginning of the next season. You know, the expectations are high. Figure out how to keep winning and those kinds of things. I remember when I was in, believe it or not, I went to a community college and made the tennis team for one semester. And they loved me because I could volley with the top guys and just get the ball back across. But one of the things that the coach came over and said to me once was, you know how many points you lose because you celebrate a good shot and then they, hit, they return it to me. <laughs> So a little bit of that mentality, like get yeah. back on the ball. Yeah. Well, and, and so to take that analogy, how much opportunity do we leave because we're satisfied by the fact that we were 110% to plan or 120% to plan when that was actually an arbitrary number that was set at the beginning of the year on a previous year's goal and has nothing to do with what might have happened in the middle of the year. Yeah. So to go into a new year... Just thinking that if I just keep doing what I did last year, I was already 120 or we did this much revenue over, we're going to be fine. I think that's unwise. Hmm. And then the second thing that he explained to me that I think is really healthy is this sense of a fresh perspective. Yeah. So if you look at politics, we have term limits. Mm -hmm. If you look at the top 500 companies in the U.S., largest companies, the average tenure of an executive is 4.9 years. You go to the NFL, they own an entire day of the week. The average tenure of a coach in that business is 38 months. Ridiculous, yeah. It's ridiculous. So yeah. what does that mean? It means, one, results are expected. But two, even in those short average tenures, we all see the exceptions. Those leaders and coaches who've had very long, Bill successful Belichick tenures. And those guys, yeah. What do they do? They go study a competitor. They go look at other industries they get outside of their usual framework. They talk to customers. They go solicit feedback from people that really aren't as intimately tied to their business to say, here's what you're not seeing. So one way to go get a new perspective is to 
Talk to other people. Create those feedback loops from customers, competitors, other industries. If you don't, you're going to be dull, and you don't have to worry about firing yourself. It's going to happen for you. It's interesting because at the end of every year, as much as I say that I leap forward to January 1, about December 1, uh, I do make a list of all the things that I got done or I'm proud of at the end of the year. I usually don't make a list of the things that I could have done better. But even as I say that, that list of things I got done I'm proud of, there is a temptation to sort of rest when you do that instead of going, but here's the things that I'm going to get better on. Is that part of, is that the firing equation of that? that? That's that, what you mean? That's a part of it. And, and that gets me to the third distinction that comes from firing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and this is really important. I think the most important, how you do what you do is just as important as what you do. And then sometimes it's more important. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. When you started with a company, you would have done anything they told you to do. Mm-hmm. Take out the garbage, come in early, stay late. We all can think of the girl that has all the new ideas in the meetings and we're rolling our eyes or the guy that stays late in his first 90 days and we're like, that'll wear off. But the danger in not thinking about how you do what you do and asking yourself, am I up for another year? is that you could ruin the experience and affect the performance of those who are energized about the opportunity, Mm -hmm. who have the excitement about the company, the mission that you once had. Mm -hmm. So thinking about the person you're bringing to work is just as important as thinking about the goal that you have to accomplish. Everything that you do is important, but how you do it is just as controllable. And we have a responsibility to ask ourselves and say, Do I really want to do this? Do I really have what it takes? And it's okay if the answer is no, because life happens, things are different, and circumstances change. New kid, new home experience, uh, new values, all of that can change. And it's okay to go into a year and say, you know what? I don't think I'm the guy or I don't think I'm the gal. I'm telling you, it is a gift to you and to the company. The truth is they will respect you. And there's probably a a long list of people that will gladly do that job happily. And it allows you to go be successful somewhere else. But for most people, what you will realize is that deep inside, you still have that excitement. Mm -hmm. It's been buried through a lot of the mundane and a lot of the rigors of day in, day out execution. And you haven't done the reflective work that we're asking you to do at the end of the year and pause and say, What am I really doing? Who am I becoming? For most people, they get even more excited. So what happens is it results in a level of energy and excitement about the upcoming year you never thought you would have. And it's a gift that I promise you, you won't regret taking. Yeah. Okay. So the process of firing yourself and listing the reasons that you are fireable is part of it. Now we got to rehire ourselves if we're going to stick around. We rehire ourselves the next year. What is the process of rehiring yourself and qualifying yourself for the job? What does that look like? When you start a new job, before you take it, you have to interview for it. Right. right. So the, the interview questions need to be about the person that is most qualified for this job. So, okay, what did you actually get new experience last year or did you get the same experience as you've had for the past five years over and over again. So do you really have five years experience or do you have one year experience times five? So you really want to ask yourself about your experience and can you get it done? So you have to interview. That's the first step. Interview Interview yourself? Interview yourself. What sort of questions are you asking yourself? Do I have the experience to hit this revenue goal? 
there's probably something that changed as it relates to managing people or managing customers. Yeah. Am I qualified? But questions around qualification. Yeah. Am I really qualified for this? The tendency am is- Am I still motivated? Am I still motivated? Am I inspired? Absolutely. All those types of questions. General interview questions. Right, right. References. What would my customers say about my performance this year? Hmm. Would they vouch for what I've done? Did we ship orders on time? Did I manage their frustration in a way that kept the business? Yeah, that's interesting because I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are probably the people who are running the companies. You know, you may not own the company, but you're running it. You're in upper level management, that kind of thing. Or you're an entrepreneur, you're doing your own thing. They're moving. And I think we have to ask ourselves, would I hire myself? Would you hire yourself based on your performance this year, based on your attitude? Because when you have that kind of power, you know how to leverage power, which might allow you not to have to work so hard. And to come back in and say, yeah, I got, I had a great year. I got a lot of stuff done, but I didn't work anywhere near what I could have done. I didn't reach the potential that I could have because I ended up leveraging my power so nobody noticed. So asking yourself, would you hire yourself knowing the inside dirt on you? Exactly. <laughs> you have to rewrite the job description. And even if mm. you're an owner or an entrepreneur, where are you the most effective with your time? Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to spend your time in the upcoming year. You have to figure out ways to eliminate the things that you were doing last year that may have served in that season, but aren't going to get you where you need to be. And think about how you need to behave differently, and right. how you need to respond differently in the upcoming year. So you write a new job description, interview yourself, and you have to accept a job. And that almost needs to be kind of a ritual. A that, ceremony. Yeah, like a celebration. Like, I am accepting a new challenge. Yeah. And the best way for me, because I do this every year, to ritualize that is put it in front of me every day as a reminder that my why, in fact, hasn't changed. It's become even stronger. And now I've got some new competitive goals that I can get behind. And I get really excited about charging into the new year. So I think that's just as important is celebrating not the fact that you were successful, but you have an opportunity to do something even greater in the next year. What a mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I think it's a great ritual. So at the end of the year, we fire ourselves and we list the reasons that you are fired. Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and, and you know, sometimes it's helpful to have someone hold you accountable. In fact, Jarrett and I still exchange. Here's why I'm firing myself Yeah, we, we exchange texts at the end of the year, one, to hold ourselves accountable to doing it, and then two, to saying, hey, why was that guy not cutting it? And then the second part I like even more, here's why you're hired back. Yeah. Here, and here's the commitment that I want from you exactly. if you're going to take this job. Take yeah. it seriously. Don't take it for granted. Exactly. Very good advice. I love that as an end-of-year ritual. Awesome. It's served me well. All right, Nigel. Thanks so much. Thanks, Don. Well, if you're like me, you're going to take Nigel's advice and fire yourself at the end of the year and uh, rehire yourself. It's a great little mental exercise. It's a time of the year when we start thinking about looking back on what were our strengths and weaknesses over the year. Some of you guys had a really hard year. Some of you, hopefully, if you've listened to podcasts and registered for StoryBrand, your business is growing and you had a terrific year. But it is a time of the season that we reflect. I want to leave you on this podcast with something we've never done before. I had the unique opportunity to speak to 3,000 women recently at Christy Wright's Business Boutique. These are 3,000 entrepreneurial women holding their businesses in front of them, wanting these things to grow. Uh, 3,000 women who are dreaming and passionate and excited about the opportunities that lay before them. It was just a really neat environment for me. And I gave my keynote, but right at the end of that, I realized, you know, this is my last 
last speaking event of the year. Last time I'll deliver this keynote. I'm in a room of 3,000 women. They're so excited about the dreams that lay before them. And I just kind of went off script. And I, I wanted to talk about the opportunity that each of these women have as an entrepreneur, as a business leader. You know, there's a narrative out there that's getting really popular in America, and I'm actually quite worried about it, that business is bad, that anybody in business is out for themselves, that corporations that make a lot of money are trying to steal from people. You know, that's a, a narrative that I think does a couple things. One is it tempts people into thinking that they're victims, that there's some sort of oppressor out there, and the reason that they're not succeeding is because somebody is keeping them from succeeding. That is not true for most people. And it's a little bit of victim bait, because politicians who tempt us that way, who tempt us to think that way, what they're really saying is, hey, there's a villain out there. Uh, you don't have to try. You have all the excuses in the world for living a subpar life. Just make the government bigger, and we'll take care of you. Well, who benefits from that? The government does, and you don't. And, uh, you know, Fidel Castro just died this past week, and he spent an entire career telling people the government will save you, the government will save you, the world is bad, they're all trying to, we're going to create fairness. And he created a massive victim state. And it's just not something I want to see for America. I think entrepreneurs are incredibly powerful. I think they can create jobs. I think they can create cultures where people love walking in the door and going to work. I think entrepreneurs can make enough money that they become the kind of people who fund incredible uh, programs that make the world better. I believe in the entrepreneur. And for some reason, the story brand crowd, people who listen to this podcast, people who have subscribed to our ideas, they tend to be these kinds of people. They, they just believe that the entrepreneurial vision is beautiful and important, and there's a generosity aspect to it that they have bought into. I love helping you guys' businesses grow. I went off script at the end of this talk. And I talked about the importance of understanding your customer is the hero and you're the guide. Your customer is Luke Skywalker and you are Yoda, as Nancy Duarte says when she talks about the, our position in giving a good speech. And I just want to share with you maybe the last five or ten minutes of this talk as my gift for you as you go into the Christmas season and as you turn the calendar and go into the next year. But the basis of this is I just want to encourage you. I know this work is really hard. I know you're trying to grow a business. I know often it's a thankless job. But you have the power to change lives through your business. You have the power to give people a job that they love. You have the power to fund initiatives that are really beautiful in the world with the profit that you make off of this company. And uh, your work is not unnoticed by me. I've seen it. Uh, we've helped uh, about 3,000 companies clarify their message this year. I've seen it in your eyes, your desire to build this thing to make the world a better place, and I believe in it. So here's, a, here's my message to 3,000 women. It was a blast to give this talk. I don't go off script very often, but I went off script on this one, and I just hope it encourages you. I think everybody in this room wants to be seen, heard, and understood. You want to be seen, heard, and understood. But I want to challenge you with something. What we often think is that we need to get our story out there. You know, my personal evolution, I wrote seven memoirs. Seven. If you write an eighth memoir, you are a narcissist. I mean, there is no... How much more story do you have? Right? But when I stopped doing that, and uh, the last memoir, Scary Close, is my, was probably the last one I'll write. And now I just get to help other people tell their stories. In fact, my evolution has gone from hero to guide. I promise you, guide is infinitely more fulfilling. That a lot of things that we're looking for by playing the hero in life, 
people to respect us, people to like us, people to want to be around us. We actually get those things when we stop playing the hero and start playing the guide. You know, this is more than just a branding workshop. This is about our hearts. You can't fake being the guide. The guide wakes up and says, I'm kind of over myself. I want to help other people. I want to help them with my products and my services. I want to help their lives get better. Those businesses succeed. When you look at somebody like Christy or Dave, those are guides. They wake up thinking about your story. And I want to pour into you and say, look, wake up every day and think about what are my customers' external problems and how is that making them feel and how can I resolve that? That is the big paradigm shift that will grow our business. And from there, we create a clear message that our customers see, they hear, they understand us, and they say, I'm in. Can you please help me? That's what I want for all of us. Thank you so much. Well, Nigel, great podcast. Thank you. I thought so, too. It was fun. <laughs> really different one. We do this five-minute marketing makeover pitch in every podcast. It's, it's our main way that we help people for free and introduce them to StoryBrand, which are some powerful ideas. However, like any advertising, you hear it over and over when you hear a podcast, and you tend to skip over it. If you go to 5 com, I've got three videos that will help you clarify your message. And we hear story after story of people who didn't buy. Of course, they just watched the three five-minute videos, and it helped them out. And earlier, you were telling me one of these stories. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I got an email uh, from a guy named Pat in Chicago who had just taken over in a marketing role with a, a small company that had an insurance product for the marketplace. The founder was very involved in their marketing and messaging, and he hadn't been there long enough to have the credibility to go in the office and say, I don't think we're getting it right. right. What these three videos allowed him to do was to go in and educate the founder of what some of the best practices are. Show him. Oh, what, he looked good, didn't oh, he? Oh, he did. Man, he looked really good. So now he, he really- Now he's CMO. Well, he has a hack to credibility, and, and it yeah. works. And they're saying, you know what? Everyone's bought in, and this is, this is bigger. The implications are bigger than just our messaging on our website. I love that story. One of the hidden agendas, if you will, Nigel, and you know this, is uh, we don't just want to help you grow your revenue and grow your company. We actually want to turn you into a marketing ninja. We want you to be the guy walking through the office, and everybody goes, man, where did he learn all that? Well, how, did he, how did she become such a marketing expert? And man, she's on the fast track to become CMO, that kind of thing. We want to actually change your identity. The first step to doing that is 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. Don't let this go in one ear and out the other. If you've not gone to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com, do it right now. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. Three five-minute videos are going to blow your mind. They're going to help you look at your website and your marketing completely differently. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. Music from this episode is from Andrew Bell. You can get Andrew Bell's stuff on Spotify or iTunes. I want to thank you again for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.